Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to especially welcome everyone to this service this morning. If you made it into this room, that means you braved the rain today. And I want you to appreciate yourself. Appreciate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for everyone joining us online, it's a rainy day here in Lagos, Nigeria. And um, whatever you are hearing the sound of my voice, whatever weather you enjoy, it's still the goodness of the Lord. Uh, and rain or sunshine, we are just going to enjoy the presence of God. And we have the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, so we live without fear. Yeah, we live in the peace of God. Somebody say after me, say, have the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, say, God leads me. God guides me. Say, God directs me. Say, it leads me into peace. It leads me into prosperity. It leads me into abundance. It makes war to cease. It brings crisis to an end in my life. In the precious name of Jesus. Somebody who is grateful for the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you put your hands together? Celebrate Jesus one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to welcome everyone uh, to church today. Everyone joining us online in different parts of the world and from different expressions. We want to welcome you very, very specially to God's presence today. We believe that the grace of God and the power of God that's available right here is also uh, going to find expression in your life and in your gathering, wherever you are joining this service today. Can you help me? Uh, for those of us in-house, can you welcome your neighbor and say to somebody, good morning, welcome to church. And if you are online, welcome everyone. Just, just go to the chat or comment and just say, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Praise God. I said, praise God. And uh, Elevation Priest of Praise, thank you very much for that powerful, powerful, powerful uh, uh, song. We're starting a new series of teachings today that we have tagged God-led. God-led. It's a new teaching series for this season. And we're going to be emphasizing the opportunities that we have as believers to be led by the Spirit of God. To enjoy divine guidance. That's, that's what we want to emphasize. And I'm starting out with this first teaching that I've also titled God-led. God-led. Look at your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor, God wants to lead you. Or say to somebody, I say, God wants to lead you. Yeah, if you're sitting beside your spouse, say, God wants to lead us. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, because sometimes it can be a bit threatening, especially when you remember the stories of uh, stories like stories of Abraham. Can you imagine somebody telling Abraham, God wants to lead you. And Sarah is looking like he led you the other time to go and kill our son. <laughs> You understand what I'm talking about? You know, uh, 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 God's leading is the best place to be in life. There's no future in any location. The future is in the center of the will of God. Yeah. There's no future in any new idea. There's no future in any industry. The future is in where God is for you. That's why good ideas are not enough. God ideas are better. Hmm. Glory be to Jesus. Especially when we live in a season where people are scampering for good ideas. 
come praying for new opportunities, come praying for, you know, for new locations, come praying for, you know, new experiences. We need to recognize from time to time that good ideas are not enough. Good ideas are the real deal. And you know, sometimes in your work with God, you've mastered how to walk away from evil. So when we talk about God leading us, Jesus said, pray that you enter not into temptation. Some things were not led into them, we are the one that entered. Yeah, because you already saw that this is evil. But what about when you have to make a choice between God and good? That's more delicate. Yeah, that's more delicate. Because some things will not hurt anything, not hurt anybody, but they're just not the will of God. Because they have greater implications ahead. And that's more dicey than when we're trying to choose between good and bad. Yeah, what about good and God? Good and God is more dicey. Because that's a way that seems right to a man and to a woman. And the Bible says the end thereof. The end, you know, at the beginning, it looks good. But it's not God. It looks good, but it's not God. If it's God, it will be sustained by God. If it's good, the goodness can run out. If God of the goodness is not in the goodness. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Glory be to Jesus. Let's get into the scriptures. Romans chapter 8. I'll start to read from verse 14 down to 17 the New King James Version. Romans chapter 8. Let's uh, uh, put some foundation into this discussion in this first teaching. Uh, we're laying foundations today. Uh, so wherever, uh, however we can cover, we'll get in there because uh, we're, we're going into this uh, full month and uh, my team and I, I believe, will be a blessing to you this month like never before in Jesus' name. All right, everyone joining us online, put distractions away from you. Get ready to be blessed by God's word. And everyone in the room, please do the same. Romans chapter 8, I read from verse 14. Romans 8 and verse 14 down to 17. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. These are sons of God. And verse 15 says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption. One translation says the spirit of sonship. So somebody who was not part of a family is now adopted into the family. And it's called the spirit of adoption or the spirit of sonship. And that same spirit is the Holy Spirit that we talk about. It's the one that sealed us into the family of God. So every believer must be conscious of the presence of the Holy Spirit because that's your seal into the family of God. That, that engagement is actually what proves that you are a member, a bona fide member of this family. We have not received or gained the spirit of bondage to fear. It describes two different kinds of relationships. So there's the spirit of bondage and then there's the spirit of adoption. Or the spirit that is engineered or if, uh, uh, how do I put it? Affected by fear and the one that is 
sonship where there's no more fear. So, it describes two different things and I want you to follow me carefully. One is more about religion where the other one is a walk with God. It's a relationship. There's a difference between religion and relationship. The two different things. They may start with the same letter but they're very different. Religion is, is guided and operated by mainly fear and condemnation and the consciousness of transgression that I'm, I must do this, then I'll do this. So there's a playbook for religion. That's why it's easy to transgress. But for a walk with God, for New Testament Christianity, it is a relationship. So we are leaving something out. That's why a servant is different from a son. Religion positions us as servants. Christ positions us as sons. Two different worlds. So, a servant really operates with fear of losing my job, fear of not getting paid, fear. So everything is ruled by fear. That's why religion, um, you really have to tell somebody that God's going to kill them <laughs> if they don't do certain things so that the fear of God can enter into their heart. But there's no father that threatens his son or daughter with death. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, no. You appeal to your children to take the right path based on you know, uh, the, 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 the family ethos and the things that we stand for as a family. And the love that binds us together then becomes what makes us want to follow the same path. And whatever we do is guided by love. The spirit of adoption is premised on the love of God that is in my heart for my father and the love in the heart of my father for me. To the end that my father watches over me and wants to guide all of my moves. Is somebody still with me today? Yeah. Watches over me, wants to guide all of my moves and directs me in all that I do. That is how the spirit of adoption or sonship operates. It's clearly different from the spirit of bondage, which is operates with fear. The relationship that is fear-driven and a relationship that is love-driven. In the relationship that is love-driven, your best interest, interest is at the center of that relationship. That's what's at the center. So, this love-driven relationship is where we enjoy divine guidance. Where God wants to lead us into the fullness of what he has in mind for us. Look at how he, he spoke to Israel through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 48, when we read from verse 17, this, this Old Testament uh, um, relationship is a shadow or type of what we have in the New Testament. Because these are descendants of Abraham. And the Bible says we are now also grafted in into that covenant of Abraham as descendants of Abraham through Christ. According to Galatians 3, 
13 and 14. Yeah. Galatians 3, 13 and 14 describes us, especially verse 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, for it is written, causes everyone that hung on the tree. Yeah. It said in verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham may come upon Gentiles. Gentiles are anyone that it's not. It's not a Jew. Gentiles who are in Christ. So, British people who are in Christ, Nigerians who are in Christ, Canadians who are in Christ, Yoruba people who are in Christ, Igbo people who are in Christ, Alsace-speaking people who are in Christ, all of us are Gentiles. And it says here that the blessing of Abraham or the covenant of Abraham may be effected in the lives of Gentiles who are now in Christ. That we may receive the promise of the spirit through faith. That spirit is a spirit of adoption or spirit of sonship. And it's a game changer. Changes the game. Yeah. No longer a slave to fear. I'm now a child of God. And if I am truly a child of God, I'm supposed to be led by the spirit of God. The spirit of sonship. And I relate with God as my father. Abba father. Which means daddy. I can call him daddy. 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 Without feeling anyhow. Are you still with me today? So in Isaiah 48. When you read from verse 17. It says, thus says the Lord, your redeemer, the holy one of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. See, if this was written to a New Testament believer. What will be written is, thus says the Lord, the only one of Israel. I am your father. Not just the Lord your God, I am your father. And I teach you to profit. I lead you by the way you should go. And he said, oh, that you had heeded my commandment. Then your peace will have been like a river. It means that my ability to yield to divine guardians is a key, a doorway into a life of peace. Many people are in troubled waters right now because they've walked their own way in their lives. They've taken their own decisions. They have refused to do consultation with God in the very vital areas of destiny. There's no better way to, go, to get yourself into rough waters and troubled waters than to refuse to be God-led and to be maybe self-led. And as I you know, went on and on here talking about the fact that said your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. And it says you'll be fruitful. It said your descendants will be like sand and the, the, the offspring of your body Literally speaking, it's not only talking about biological offspring, but how productive you become when you walk in divine leading, when you walk in the peace of God. You're more productive. The offspring of your body shall be like grain of sand. Said his name will not have been cut off nor destroyed from me. So it's possible for some people to be cut off from God's divine agenda and God's plans when we choose to do things our own way. He said, go forth from Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans with a voice of singing. Declare, proclaim this, utter it to the ends of the earth. Say, 
the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. I can say it for myself. The Lord has redeemed me and redeemed me from the path of evil and put me in the right path. And, you know, in, in verse 21 there, he said, and they did not thirst when he led them through the desert. So for anyone going through any kind of desert experience, wilderness experience, if you follow God, you will not thirst. Or say better, amen. Yeah. Said he caused the waters to flow from the rock for them. He also split the rock and the waters gushed out. That's what happens when we choose to follow God. But I love how he ended verse 22. He said, there's no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. And that was a dramatic turn in this prophecy. Yeah. There's no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. I thought he was talking to Israel. The Israel of God. So where is this, there's no peace, says the Lord for the wicked, coming from? <laughs> the way wickedness is used here, it's not used the way we use it often, which is from the point of view of a wicked person is evil. No. In, in this context, a wicked person is the one who maneuvers his own way. Yeah. Who maneuvers his own way. That's why I said there's no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. So whether it's the wickedness of evil or wickedness of self-maneuvering, it still ends in lack of peace. I did a, a, a word study once on the word wicked. And you realize that uh, part of the root of it is uh, what, what we call weak. The, the, that we use in lambs for boner. You understand what I'm saying? How many people have seen those old lamps before? That's a weak. So, the weak, you know, for it to become weak, you have to twist it through. Yeah. That crookedness is actually the root word for wickedness. Yeah. <laughs> the way you twist it through. So, the person that loves to do that twisting and that maneuvering, in the context of God, even when it's not evil, it's still wickedness. It, talk, it speaks to a pattern of behavior. How somebody is following me today. And the Bible says, according to the prophecy of Isaiah, in that way of behaving, there's no peace there. Yeah. There's no peace there. It's better you allow me to guide you. Now, let's, let's look at that way of behaving. And the things that engineers it. You know, the kind of thing that engineers it. And I, I, I love to ask the question, what drives you? What makes you, you know, behave? Yeah. What makes you... You know, somebody may be listening to this audio. You won't see my hand. <laughs> what makes you, you know, a, a maneuver until you want to outmaneuver God in most situations of life. What drives you? Can you hear me ask your neighbor, say, what drives you? Yeah. If you look at what's on your screen, you see different things that drive people. And we live in a time where many people are struggling with all these things. What drives you? Some people are driven mainly by emotions. And they make all their decisions based on emotions. And it can be anger, it can be emotion of fear. It can be, you know, 
jealousy, which is also an emotion. And for some people, it may be good emotion of excitement. Yeah, what's the name of that king in the scriptures? Who was overtly excited and asked a young girl, what, what, what should I give you? King Herod, yeah. In the story of John the Baptist and how John was beheaded, it was exactly taken too far. He was so excited about the dance. You know, I don't know how dance can be to say, I'll give you half of my kingdom on top of dance. <laughs> yeah. If you have that kind of person as head of state, you are in trouble or president of your country. People will just be dancing and be collecting everywhere. Yeah. Before you know it, the country is bankrupt. Yeah. Somebody just comes to dance and just say, ah, we have good minds in this country. Take all of them or take half of them. And all the citizens will be wondering, King, are you well? No, sincerely. Uh, but, but you see, I'm, I'm taking that too far. But some of us in our homes will behave like King Herod. Yeah, you have not paid school fees. You went out, somebody danced. And you just send them a lot. There are responsibilities at home, but you're throwing money out, out there because of ordinary excitement. Yeah. So some people now, their, their finances are messed up because of being guided only by emotions. Yeah. Just being guided by emotions. I, I mean, I sit in counseling and I'm bothered about what people say. For some women to be complaining, you know, my husband doesn't bother about this, doesn't do this, doesn't do that, but he will hang out with the boys. Every Friday, they hit the club. And sometimes you see some of the invoice from those clubs online, on Twitter. Fear of God will catch you. Yeah. And you see the kind of invoice they issue to them. Because of what? You have a destiny to fulfill. You have to be able to plan your financial life and allow God to guide you. You can't premise it on emotions. Emotions are very fleeting. It means they come and go. And this part of the world where we like to spray money, we have seen that some people have cried after a party when they realize that all the cash that they have saved up, they sprayed a musician with it. Yeah. I don't know where the culture of spraying came from, really. I'd rather just put money in an envelope or write a check and bless the person I want to bless than, but some people, it just gives them the high. It's okay. Just make sure that you are not high to the point where you have finished <laughs> your children's school fees. That's what I'm talking about. But l- l- let me move on. Yeah. Some people, it's popular thinking or popular opinion, popular culture, pop culture, we call it. Wisdom of this world. That's what drives them. They're always looking at the other side to see what's happening with your neighbor. And today, you don't have to look far. Social media is on your phone. Yeah. So you just look. Ah, this is what they are wearing now. This is how they talk now. This is what they are doing now. And that's how some of us make decisions. Simply. Yeah. Popular opinion. Popular thinking. For some people, it's greed. Especially in the time of crisis where a major part of the world is in serious inflation, uh, job loss, and all that, then greed starts to set in. This year alone, the number of people who have called me to say, Pastor, ah, ah, I'll kill myself. I said, you can't die now. Yeah. And the problem is greed drove them 
to invest in quick money scheme. Yeah, some people collected money from uncle, from auntie, from parents, put everything. Yeah, they want to do sharp runs. Let me quickly put it so that, uh, you know, I promised them 10%, but they're giving me 20%. So I will make 15% on everybody. I'm the sharpest person in the world. And then the bottom falls, falls out, and then it becomes a crisis. Because you are only driven by greed and desperation. You know, in time of crisis, people want to, you know, self-preservation sets in. So we start to make decisions without even considering what has God has to say about this. What does he have to say about this? Glory be to Jesus. Another driver is a quest for fame and fortune. Quest for fame. Many young people today will rather take decisions that can make them blow quickly. You know what you call blow? Yeah. They are here. They are hearing me. And some of them are online. Yeah. Just blow quickly. So all the decisions are tailored towards fast, fast, you know. All the things you read in the Bible or the ways that people, uh, 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 you know, it, it doesn't work that way. This is how it works. And then they follow it, follow it. And then before you know it, the Bible says there's a way that's similar to a man or a woman. The hand thereof is a way of destruction. But God wants us to be, be driven by divine purpose. Driven by posterity. Driven by his word. Driven by his spirit. Because God's agenda and God's will, God's plans is the best for us at any time. It may not look like it at the beginning, but it has a promise of the best life ahead of us. Glory be to Jesus. So whatever drives you will determine how you grow, the choices you make, and God's place in your life. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, you are on autopilot. Whatever you submit to, whatever drives you, is what will determine all these things. The choices you make. You know, so some people are already now in autopilot. You just make decisions do things without even thinking about it because some things, you have given room to certain things to take charge of that department. There are some people listening to me right now, almost in every situation of life, when there's a, an issue, there's one person that you always call. Somebody listening to me right now, there's one person you always call about all the issues in your marriage. Yeah. You won't even ask, what should a Christian do in this marital situation? Just call uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Lady T, Lady T, Lady T. Yeah, see what they are doing again. Uh-huh. The Lady T too will say, uh-huh. last time my husband did that, this was what I did. Though. Uh-huh. But what you don't know is that Uncle T is different from your husband. Yeah. So Lady T's formula in our home may not work in your own home. Yeah. You can take that and it, it worked there, but it may end badly here. So why don't you ask yourself the question first and foremost. In this situation, what does God expect of me? Can I even ask God? Can I give room for the Holy Spirit to guide me? Because when you have a conviction, whatever any other person is saying, is either reinforcing it or downgrading it. But your conviction should come from the Holy Spirit first and foremost. And you need to tell yourself, I need to get to a place where 
it becomes easy for me to get that conviction quickly. And I also want to say this, that it's time to slow down and understand what is leading you or influencing your decisions. Because some people cannot even outline it. Yet those things are there. Those things are there. Because you have people who are married, but they cannot take any decision without calling their mother. Yeah. So your mother is a driver of your marital decisions. And it's, it's a bad case when the mother herself is not driven by the Holy Spirit, <laughs> but driven by experience. In fact, some people have been led by the experience of their parents without their parents speaking into their lives. Yeah. Because when you, when you grew up seeing your, your parents or maybe like a father maltreating the mom and you told yourself, I will never allow this in my own life, in my adult life. Now, anything that looks like it, that looks like, the person has not maltreated you. The person can just say, yeah, we need to talk. You say, what, what? You, 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 want, you, you want to ride rough shots over me? No, I'm not going to take it. That thing is insidious. It's inside. And it's trying to walk out outside. And you need to say, look, I am not my parents. I have the Holy Spirit. God is my father and is supposed to guide me through every situation of life. So my past experience, notwithstanding how valid they may be, I cannot allow them to still be driving my life in the present time. Is somebody still here today? I said, are you still here today? Yeah. Because we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We have received the spirit of sonship by which we cry, Daddy. Yeah. So, fear of what has happened in the past should not make me give way to a negative driver in the present time. And maybe I should also put this here to make a case. Uh, this is how our life literally looks in different departments of life. Everyone is there, right at the bottom trying to navigate through life. In most places, the trophy, the end goal, the expectation, the beautiful expectation that we have is at the top there. But you have to pass through all this. There are places where you need to ask questions. There are no go areas. All right? Thumbs down. No go area. There are places where it's checked. You can go. There are places where you have to stand and ask questions. Life is a complex maze that we need to walk through carefully. But how beautiful will it be if we have God who is all-knowing, ever-present in a time of trouble, walk you through the maze of life and destiny with accuracy and precision that is available in Christ Jesus. That for us to want to use our, our brain and our experiences only we mustn't get this in our brain. But can I tell you, the complexities of life are too big for your brain. If your brain is good enough, you don't need a God. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need a God if your brain is good enough. If your brain is good enough, you don't, you don't need anybody. The fact that you even call somebody to ask questions 
It's already telling you that your brain is not sufficient. <laughs> yeah. And that beyond the persons you ask, there's a bigger person who wants to really lead you. And he says, I'm your father. I want to guide you. Yeah. Many people don't come to recognize that the brain is not big enough to handle the complexities of life until they start to hit dead ends. And at that time, sometimes it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. We don't have to stay till that time. So your mind cannot independently process all the complexities of your life and purpose. And it's unwise to, to, you know, to depend on yourself to successfully navigate the complex maze of life. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord always. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Let me describe that. Sir, can you come? Yeah. I, I, I need you to look at something. It's not, it's not a, a complex illustration at all. Life is already too complex. But we're trying to simplify it. <laughs> is here. I'm here. You know, as I was coming into this, into this service, I just felt it strongly in my heart that God wants someone here, someone online, someone at another center to gain a stronger awareness and consciousness of his presence around you. We're together right now. Right? If I take a step, you take a step. Okay? Okay? Can you see what I'm talking about? It's difficult for a lot of people to recognize that this is how God wants us to relate. And you can't really pick it except to recognize that it's always with you. Yeah. God is always there. God is always there. You saw the way he was trying to take a cue from me, right? Yeah. You see, as free moral agents, it's difficult for us sometimes to feel like this is my best interest. Because I feel I have my brain. I must have been looking to work all the time. Yeah. The only problem is that when you don't look like that in little things and you wait for when we get to a ditch, you may not understand my reading. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So I have a minor disagreement with my spouse and I'm really bitter about it. And I know that if I ask God, what should I do now? He may even say, go and give her a peck. Yeah. What's that? But if I can slow down and take that as my next cue, which is, yeah, come, which is, go and give her a pet. See, the next time something more complex is happening, I'll be able to pick it. It's in aligning with his voice, which is my own conscience. 
because my conscience is the voice of my spirit. And if the Holy Spirit dwells in my spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to incarnate my spirit to be able to take charge of me. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. When I break that thing consistently, I don't even have the rhythm again to be able to walk with him. But if, where it starts from is to know that I'm not alone. Can you let me tell your neighbor, say you are not alone. Say you are a child of God and you are God-led. Say it again, say you are God-led. Yeah. Thank you. So it's important as we go into this week to recognize the fact that you are not alone. 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 I am not alone. Jesus lived error-free. An error-free life by strict, strictly adhering to divine instruction. And it's a success model. It's a success model. He lived an error-free life by strictly adhering to divine instruction. Yeah. We may not be at that level yet, but we can start to practice it. Yeah. We can start to practice it. And in certain areas of life, the stakes are getting higher, are becoming higher. You have to strive to be more like Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian, to be Christ-like is to be God-like and to be able to walk with God. Glory be to Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 5 and verse 19, the Bible says, then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. Didn't that look like the illustration I just finished right now? said, can't do anything by himself. What the father take one step and he does the same. And he does the same. So after a while, it becomes your flow. Your flow. You know, if you have followed somebody through a path before, even if you have to pass that path on your own, you know how to, to do it, right? Yeah, that's what, what it looks like working with God. That's what it looks like working with God. May God lead you this season you will not fall into a ditch. In the name of Jesus. Everyone in the dead hand, I pray for you today that the hand of God is moving you away from dead hands. God is recalculating your route this season. The second half of this year, you will enjoy divine guidance. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, say better amen, somebody. So it's time to be God-led. It's time to be God-led. You are in a dangerous situation if you are not hearing God for yourself. You are in a dangerous situation if you are not hearing God for yourself. And I need everyone to understand that. The Elevation Church family all over the world were raising a people who can gain a sense of personal relationship with God. Pastors, ministers, mentors, we are here to just enable that relationship. Not to become consultants. You know, that you'll be outsourcing hearing from God too. Yeah. 
Because some people prefer that consultancy kind of relationship. We are used to African traditional religion. <laughs> Where you go and meet the Ifa Oreko. And you say, Baba, what is going on? And the man will do something. And I'll tell you, mm, mm, mm. don't you watch it in Hollywood? I say, this is, yeah, see that, see that woman? She's a witch. You have to divorce her now. Or see that your husband? I can see two women hanging on his shoulders. One is very slim, the other one is big. Any of them, do they look like your neighbors? And you just said confusion all over the place. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As I wrap up this message today, I need you to understand that you have to position to be led. Let's land on this. And I'll continue all through this month. You have to position. Many people say, look, I struggle to hear from God. Uh, I, I, I don't even know how to. You have to position. As we're in this room right now, truth is that there are many signals and waves going through here. Yeah. Radio waves, infrared, all kinds of things. But there's something with which you can pick signals. You know, if you have a like a transistor radio in this room right now. You may choose not to hear me again and just be hearing FM because the signal is already here. Yeah. So God is always speaking. It's whether you want to tap into his, his frequency or not. Always. There's always something coming from God. Many people have refused to position and the first place to position is in your heart. Do you have a goat mindset or a sheep mindset? That's the first place to, to position. You cannot be a child of God and still feel like, you know, celebrating your goat mindset. And the goat mindset, stubborn mindset, compared to a surrendered mindset. It's easy to lead someone. The easiest person to be led is the person who has surrendered to your leading. All of us have children. Especially when your children start to come to teenage years. Yeah, that can be the most trying time of your life. Yeah. Hmm. Because that's when they gain full awareness of the fact that they're becoming adults. And they want to assert themselves. Yeah. So as simple as wear that. No. Why? This is what I want to wear. Yeah. Do your hair like this. No. That's the one I want to do. You see, ah. Where did you get that idea from? Uh, that's, that's just what I want to do. And that, if you, if you don't mind, I want to pass. <laughs> so, so, at that point, what, what, what do you want to do? Yeah. You know, you know what happens at that point, right? 
you have to redefine the relationship. Yeah. You have to redefine the relationship. That's where you let them, start to let them know that as you are now deciding to do something for yourself, maybe in some areas too, you have to fend for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Now that you are becoming an adult, we want to leave you to be an adult. And you know adulthood is a scam. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you will lose your privileges. Yeah. Yeah. You lose your privileges so that you can be an adult. So that you're not fooled to think that you can take all your decisions, come home and go out whenever you like, be with whoever you like, and somebody will still be <laughs> funding it. And that's how some of us behave with God. You want God to fund everything, but you don't want to have a say in nothing. So if it will not work for you as a parent in your heavenly parentage, it won't work too. It won't work. Yeah, it won't work. And in many areas of life, it's either you allow God to be God of all or you will be God of nothing. Yeah. See, that is God of all or not God at all. That's, that's his mantra. Make me the God of all or God of nothing. God of none. I'd rather you give me my right of way or I step back. Paul instructed us, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Grieve not. How, how do you see it in homes where it gets to a point, a parent and the children, they don't talk again? Yeah. Because every talk has resulted into a fight. Bad argument. And the parents will just say, you know what? Just live your life. Yeah. I have my life to live. Live your life. And some people are in that space right now where God is saying, just live your life. We will meet in front. When you realize that your best life is in me. So in, 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 uh, in the book of Matthew chapter, chapter 25, when you read from like verse 31, the Bible says at the end of the age, it said God will gather everybody together and he will then separate. Yeah. It says when the son, in verse 32, all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate one from another, a sheep as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goat. God said, some people, at the end of the day, they are goats. While some are sheep. And I have a way of separating them. Yeah. You don't want to wait till that time. You want to make up your mind right now whether you want to be sheep or goat. In Psalm 23, David was, he surrendered himself. He did not wait for any thing. You know, it's one thing for you to say, you know, <laughs> I didn't even see it this way, but one day, I converted one of my daughters. I said, come. When you woke up this morning, what did you call me? He said, dad. I said, if I'm dad, then you must listen to me. <laughs> yeah. If I'm dad. If not, don't call me dad again. She was looking at me like this. I said, I'm serious. So. Don't call me dad today. After today, don't call me dad. 
If you won't listen to me, don't call me that. Yeah. And so I was just looking at you. Because I wanted to, it to sink in. I am not your friend. I'm your father. Your friend can tell you anything. I just say, great, great, whatever. No. Yeah. This relationship is first father. Then we can become friends. Yeah. And you must recognize me as father. Then we can move it to friend. Because if you just treat me like a friend, you won't, <laughs> you won't listen to me. Yeah. I'm not your mate. I mean, I told one of my daughter, I said, where, where you are now and what you're trying to do, I did it over 30 years ago. Yes. It's to your best interest that you listen to me and take a cue from me. If not, don't bother calling me dad. You can just call me my first name. Yeah. It's a way to shock somebody to reality. Yes. And I believe God is shocking somebody to reality today. Yeah. So that you recognize that we're not playing games with God. Is it that it's God of all or not God at all? And when you start to live your life from that premise, from that context, then you start to recognize him. David in Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. It's one thing for you to accept someone as your shepherd so you see yourself as a sheep. Then the shepherd running after you say, yeah, you're a sheep, you're a sheep, come. Mm -mm. If shepherd has to run after you, you are no longer a sheep, you are a goat. That's it. Ask anybody in animal husbandry, they will tell you. Sheep, just follow. It's good that you run after. And you, you, you have to carry them, tie their, their limbs together before you can bundle them in the right direction. If you have been in that space, this series of teachings have come to help you recalibrate. Yeah, to re help you recalculate your route and to help you submit to the hands of God. Never say never. Where God has not spoken the final word. Anybody listen to me right now? Anyone online? In a critical business situation. Critical marital situation. And you are saying never. Please never say never. Saying never is walking your way out of the will of God. You don't have the final say. Only God does. Don't be a goat. Be a sheep in his hand. Lift your two hands with me, everyone. Can you put Psalm 23 on the, on, the, on the screen, please? New Living Translation, quickly. We're just going to read it once together, everyone online, everyone in the room, and then we're going to pray. Psalm 23, New Living Translation. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Go on, go on, quick. Sense of mind. Rise on your feet, everyone. Rise on your feet, everyone. 
Say, surely your goodness and your mercy will pursue me. It's when you are taking steps with God that goodness and mercy will have no choice than to pursue you. We don't run after goodness and mercy. You are supposed to run after us if we are in line and in sync with God. Lift your two hands to God, everyone, and just pray from your heart from this sound. Somebody is saying, Lord, I submit myself to you. Lead me and guide me. Is there a critical place, a critical area of life that you need divine guidance? Can you speak to God about it right now? Speak to God about it right now. Mention that area and speak to God about it right now, right now, right now, right now. God wants to lead you. He wants to guide you into the fullness of his will, into the fullness of his purpose for this time, for this time. And somebody is just saying, Lord, I surrender. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. With all the nothing. With all the nothing. Somebody make that your prayer right now. I refuse to be a goat. I want to be a sheep in your hand. Think about the area where you need to really surrender to him so he can guide you through it. Is he that Lord of all or not, not Lord at all? Yes. I surrender. I surrender We told him nothing. I give you all of me. Sing it to him. I give you all of me. Say it again. Everyone confess it. Say it again. I give you all to him. Let him hear your voice. I give you Somebody lift your two hands to him. Say, I give you all of me. Lift your two hands with me, everyone. Wherever you are, hear the sound of my voice. Jesus, Son of the living God, we choose to surrender afresh to you. Our thoughts, our mind, our intellect, our plans, and our strategies. As the sheep of your pasture, we ask that you lead and guide us through this season. Everyone in a dead hand, Lord, will receive your hand upon them today. As we go into a new week, recalculate our route. Give us the presence of mind to yield to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We'll receive your hand of peace over every troubled water. 
in our lives. Every department of destiny where there has been crisis, we decree right now, peace in the name of Jesus. And Father, as we engage your peace this season, guide us through turbulence. Guide us through turbulence. Guide us through turbulence. Every evil cloud that has enveloped anyone in gross confusion will decree such clouds. Move in the name of Jesus. We break the hold of confusion and instead of confusion we receive upon you divine direction. May the hand of God lead you in the right path. May the spirit of God envelop you. May his peace surround you. May the oil of joy fill your hearts. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. And we bless your holy name. I see here in my spirit. Someone here. God wants you to consecrate your heart to him. Don't say never. Don't say never. Don't say never. God is saying, don't play yourself out of my hands. It's a dangerous place. Because you are becoming slippery. Slippery in my hand. That's what I hear. Slippery. Somebody is about to slip out of God's hand. Yeah. And there's a hand that is waiting to catch you. And it's not going to be a palatable experience. So you yield. And cease from slippery behavior. And recalcitrant behavior. And absoluteness. In ways that you know may not be the will of God. Because there's a way that seems right to a man and a woman, but the end thereof is destruction. Father, we thank you for a divine escape for that person. And we ask that you turn that out of stone to a heart of flesh. Thank you, everlasting Father. We give you glory and we give you praise. See, in the answer of prayer, I want to pray for anyone here right now or online or at any other center who may be saying, Pastor, I really want to be guided by God. But I'm, I'm not in a good relationship with God. If Jesus will come right now, I cannot say that I will be recognizable. I want a stronger relationship with God. Maybe you've never said a prayer to give your life to Christ before. Or maybe you said a prayer but you backslid into sin. And you want God to forgive you your sin. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. Wherever you are in this room, whether in the front or at the back, on the gallery, wherever you are in this room, and wherever you are joining us online or at any other center, can I ask that you lift your right hand above your head? You want to say a prayer with me? You want to submit your life to Jesus? You want to rededicate your life to Jesus? You want a stronger relationship and a stronger connection with God so that God can continue to guide you from this point and fill your heart with his spirit. Please lift that hand above your head. I want to pray for you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. So whether you're just giving your life to Christ or you are rededicating your life to Christ, please do the same. Lift your right hand above your head. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. Right now. In the back, in the front, please lift your right hand up. If you're online, go to the chat room and let us know that you're making a decision to rededicate your life to Jesus right now. Right now. Right now. Can I request that we all sit quietly except for the people whose hands are up. Just sit quietly, quietly. Let's give the privacy of the moment. Let's give the privacy of the moment. Please remain standing if your hand is up. I'm going to say a prayer with you right now, right where you are. Right where you are. And if you are online, please join this prayer 
but go into the chat room or comment and let us know. I just made a decision to rededicate my life to Jesus. If, if you're standing and your hand is up, can, can you see after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me my sins. That you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Say, I receive you today as my Lord and my personal Savior. I recognize your sacrifice on the cross of Calvary as being the payment for my transgression. So I allow your peace into my heart from now on. I decree and declare that I'm at peace with you. Every wall of separation between us is removed now by the power and the blood of Jesus. Say, fill my heart with your spirit and give me a new beginning from this moment. I release my life into your hand. Guide me and lead me into my future. Thank you for accepting me. If you just say that prayer, I want you to walk to the heart. We have our ministers. Can you just walk towards the back? They'll meet you right at the back there. If you don't mind, please just walk towards the back and they'll meet you at the back.